We begin today with the postponement of the start of the baseball season. Baseball owners presented what they called their final offer late this afternoon, and the Players Association has rejected it unanimously. Commissioner Rob Manfred announced just minutes ago that the league has canceled the first two series of the regular season. Wilbon, your reaction to all of this? It's what I thought. I mean, I don't see why anybody would really be surprised. We've been talking about this since the end of last summer, uh, certainly into fall, into the October Classic. And you are tuning in to Why Not Sports with the homie D. Murph. So why not? Why not? Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the courts. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Yeah. Why not sports? It impacts your everyday life. Why not sports? It's more than on and off the courts. Why not sports? Hey. Why not sports? Demurf. You a fool for this one. <laughs> yeah. All right, world. Telling y'all, man, it's what we do. 2022, first quarter of 2022. I'm glad that we do what we do. And you might ask what that means. So, for me, when you follow people of like minded, that family men, sports world, why not have this chance to collaborate with this gentleman? Knows. MLB, NFL, NBA, life as a father, life as a brother out there in the West Coast world. Help me welcome Manny Brown to Why Not Sports, man. What up? What up? What up? D Murph, what's going on, man? I appreciate it. Like I told you uh, beginning when we jumped on, uh, it's an honor, man. It's an honor. And uh, I must say, the best podcast intro I've ever had. I appreciate that, man. I I love what we do. (laughs) And I don't like you said, I don't take that lightly, man. I know when we were looking to setting this time up i gave you a big 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 applause because man you getting in you getting it in with your son man and, and on, being on the court and being that coach <laughs> i get it yeah. i got kids too man they all trying love the to, game man, trying to i did not expect to for those that don't know i'm coaching my son's uh second grade basketball team and uh I did not expect to have this much fun, but I am having a blast, man. I'm almost going to be disappointed now when uh, our season's wrapping up a little bit here. Uh, we got one more game, and then, uh, you know, we got the playoffs. Hopefully, we make yeah. it. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be a little disappointed. You know, I, I didn't expect to have this much fun because I do not have patience, um, <laughs> especially with little kids. <laughs> so, but, no, it's been a blast, man. It's been a blast uh, watching kids learn sports, you know, because this is, like, really their first exposure to yeah. Like playing, you know, I mean, he's played, he's played like, you know, in the backyard or, you know, in school with, with his friends or whatever, but like playing organized ball, or whatever, is kind of his first real experience. So, and then, and then a lot of his teammates kind of their first experience too. So watching them, watching them learn the game has, has been really cool. Coach Brown, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm no Mike Krzyzewski, but I, but I, you know, I'm trying to be anyway. <laughs> Earlier, we had definitely hit on. Uh, that experience being a coach and, and, and some more detail. Where did your love for sports come from, man? Especially being very versatile when it comes to sports in general. Man, uh, I've been asked that question a lot. Um, 
I don't know if it was just like, you know, everybody has like that one moment or that one situation, like, oh, I saw a game or I did this. Or I don't think it was one thing in particular. I mean, I grew up in a very like crazy sports fan household. So like first, like when I was growing up, I like, I revered my older brother, like as most of us do, right? Like if you have an older brother, yeah. like, so I didn't grow up with my, I didn't grow up without, I grew up without my dad. So like my older brother and my uncles were like, for everything to me so my older brother was like this huge huge sports fan right so like he loved everything so like of course you know as a little brother you're watching that you know like i'm gonna do that <laughs> so uh-huh. you know he you know he first he's like he introduced me to baseball he introduced me to basketball he introduced me to everything and then of course my uncles and you know just being around them they're all huge sports fans too so it was just kind of a natural thing where i was grad i was going to i was going to gravitate to that so um i would say just like the the familial ties or whatever um, just being in a household where everybody watched sports, you know, even my mom and aunts, you know, they may not have been like everyday right. <laughs> bolts, you know, no and cranny, you yeah. know, details or whatever, but they at least knew what was going on, you know, had a rooting interest or whatever. So, yeah, it was just a natural progression that I was going to follow along and 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 uh, follow sports. I will say my older brother played all the sports like I was not great. <laughs> I was pretty good at playing baseball. <laughs> I was decent at basketball. I just, I was not blessed with the athletic genes, man. So it was like, all right, well, if I can't play it, I'm going to talk it. So that was always my motto. No, I respect that. And one thing, too, on your Twitter bio, you talk about angry Mets tweets are likely. Oh, I, I, oh I, yeah, I, I switched that up. Sometimes when it's baseball season, it's angry <laughs> Mets tweets. When it's football season, it's angry Mets tweets. You know, when it's college basketball season like it is now. Believe it or not, angry Duke tweets. Uh, so, you know, even though I don't have too Everybody says, right, oh, you don't have too much to be angry about. You're a Duke fan or you're a Lakers fan. Yo, listen, rooting for greatness has its, has its prices too. You know what I mean? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope, man. No, that's dope. But no, you're right, though, man. Um, college basketball is here. March Madness around the corner. Right around the corner. Literally, like, right? Like, yes. 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 And I want to hit on that, man. What per- Perfect lead, you know, yeah. lead to um, what I'm about to talk about. Just watching Gonzaga. Basically, the top six seven. rankings. Seven. Seven of the, last, the top nine uh, teams last night uh, lost. It was crazy. My bracket about to be busted. But that's the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> It's really Man, not a listen, favor. I don't think. I, listen, I, I don't understand who. I don't understand who these people are that like get these perfect brackets. Like, I'm convinced it's literally like some old lady in Nebraska somewhere that has never seen a single game of college basketball. It's like the people that win the lottery, right? Like, those are the ones that win the lottery. Like these, like random, out of the blue. Like, I don't even need it. I just filled it out for fun. Like that's just like that's who <laughs> wins these brackets. Because anybody that like has a rooting interest or watches the game, we always fail on our brackets. And people ask us, like, oh, what do you think? I'm like, yeah. this is what I think. This March Madness, so who the hell knows? <laughs> so thank you for uh, making sure I wasn't the only one. I was like, yo, how do these people get these perfect brackets? Oh, no, nah, you're not going to be the only one, brother. Okay. You're not going to be the only one, brother. I, pr- I promise you on that one. Good, good. Now, who are your top three teams going into the tournament, March Madness? Man, oh, great question. Um... Well, obviously, 
you know, biased a little bit, but I'm a Duke fan. So I think Duke for sure. I mean, even if you're not, even if you hate Duke, I think you can't yeah. underestimate the fact that it's Blue Devils. I think we have on paper, again, I stress on paper, the most talented team in college basketball. As far as just on paper, just putting a collection of five, six, seven guys on the court, I think Duke has the most talent. I think they have the most upside of everybody. As you know, if you watch sports for more than five minutes, that doesn't always mean that you are going to win a championship. So um, I think Duke has the highest ceiling. They have the highest upside. I would not surprise me if we won the whole thing. It would not surprise me if we lost in the 316. You know what I mean? It just, it just, it's that crazy. But I do think Duke has the most upside. And I think you'll see for the most part, a lot of people pick Duke, um, you know, to win a national championship. Um, I would say the other two, I'm not a big believer in Gonzaga hmm. just because they play in that lousy conference yeah. and it's always hard to gauge now, I know when people hear this and they'll say, okay, well, Duke, the ACC is down this year, so how do we really believe in Duke? But still, you know, it is the ACC compared to the, you know, the West Coast Conference. You know right. what I mean? So WCC. it's a little bit. So, you right, know, you gotta, right, right. <laughs> everything is relative, right? Um, listen, I think Gonzaga is a really good team. I, I just, um, I always question Gonzaga when it comes to March Madness because, again, they're not really tested for what, two, in three general, months of the year? Adam and I Morrison. Think come down to the NCAA. Yep, yep. And then when you come into the NCAA tournament where you're playing close, competitive at times games and you're, and you're, you're not familiar. And plus, they get to run through that conference. They know everybody. I know they lost last night to St. Mary's. And St. Mary's is usually their biggest competition um, in that conference. But, um, yeah, I'm not a big believer in Gonzaga. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Gonzaga makes it, you know, to the uh, national championship game and wins it. So, um, but, I was, but to answer your question, my top three, Duke, um, I would say... And I'm struggling a little bit because it's such a wide open year. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big believer in Arizona. Okay. I'm not a big believer in Arizona. Auburn. UCLA. I would add. I would add UCLA as my number two, just because they have that experience from last year. Yes. They have most of their guys coming back. I know they've been a little bit up and down lately, um, but I think it's just conference play. Um, the, you know, the Pac-12 is actually a lot better than it's been in the last couple of years. A lot more competitive. So I, I still think UCLA, when it's all said and done, I think they've got too much talent. I think they've got that pedigree and experience. Um, it would not surprise me to see uh, UCLA back in the mix again. And I would say Auburn. I've been really impressed with Auburn um, this season. You know, they pretty much have everything you want on the team. You know, I think the addition of Walker Kessler has taken that team to another level. You know, you got a big man down low that can also, that can be a rim protector and also score. I think that's a a huge bonus especially in college basketball yeah um so i think i think those are my three teams like i would legitimately say right now i would pick one of those three teams to win a national championship um there's some other ones on the periphery um purdue is one of them i think baylor for the same reasons that i talked about with uh ucla they have that experience i know they lost a lot from last year's national championship team but they still have that experience um baylor uh purdue um out of respect, I guess you could throw Gonzaga in there. Um, yeah, there's about six or seven teams that can win a national championship. Um, some other ones, you know, and of course you have your dark horses, some teams that come out of nowhere. Um, I know a lot of people are hiring UConn here. Um, yeah. UConn's a team that could potentially upset some people in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, Kentucky. Um, I'm not sure if Kentucky, I'm not sure if I put Kentucky in that second tier. I'm not sure if I trust Kentucky all right. the way in the national, you know, as far as getting to it. So, but yeah, Baylor, 
I would say Duke, Auburn, or Duke, UCLA, and Auburn. Those are my three teams. Now, you bring up Duke, and this is not me being biased. This is me being a, a college basketball mm, it. <laughs> junkie, so to speak. You guys got someone yeah. that potentially can go to the league after their freshman year in Banchero. Yep. What 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 are your thoughts, man? He 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 gonna stay? He gonna leave? Oh, he's gone. He, he he's gone. he's gone. I mean, I don't even think it's a <laughs> it's just a foregone conclusion. I mean, hey, listen, you as a fan, you know, right? Like, you know, yeah. listen, we we we've invested in the one and dones. Um, full disclosure, I hate the one and done. I'm a college basketball fan. Like, I get it. I get it from the the financial argument, the moral arguments, or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to. Whatever, whatever classification you want to use that as, um, I get it. Listen, if I was 19 and I could ball, like of course, like why would I even stay in college basketball? Right. You know, whatever. Um, but as a college basketball fan, I, I miss the days where you had a Paolo Banchero for two, three, four years. In that sense, you know what I mean. So I miss that, right? So, but but you know, as a Duke fan, you know, like Paolo's gone, <laughs> Trevor Keels is most likely gone, Aiden Griffin is gone. Like you, we we've got three freshmen that are leaving. You know what I mean? Not to mention Wendell Moore, who's a junior, probably yeah. gone too. You know, so you know, we, we know that. But listen, Paolo's had a Paolo's had an interesting year. Um, he's uh you know, he kind of started out really well and then he's kinda hit a lull here. I don't know if it's just been that that freshman wall. because uh, he's probably played more basketball this year than, you know, he's ever played in his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a real thing. A lot of these freshmen sometimes kinda run into that wall late in the season especially in conference play. I don't know if it's that, but he's really struggled, I would say, the last, um, three, I'm being generous, the last three weeks or so, he's been really struggling. You know? And struggling for him means like 10 points, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know shooting, shooting, you know, shooting woes, you know, having shooting woes, you know, shooting under 40%, that sort of thing. I mean, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but he just hasn't really played with that same dominance um, that he displayed, you know, early on in the season. I think it's a lot of things that, at foot there um i think he's on a really talented team like he's on a really talented team like we've got literally you know two guys that for sure could be the leading scorers on almost any other team in the country right mm-hmm. you know and then of course you throw in wendell moore who's having an outstanding year as well he could be the best player on any other team you know, almost any other team in the country as well so you got four guys that you're you're battling for touches and you know attention so you know i think that's contributed to it as well um you know, there's some things. He's young, so there's a lot of dribbling, a lot of hesitation, a lot of one-on-one stuff that he's kind of got to get away from. Um, but listen, I think you want, I think you want him to go through these struggles now, as opposed to two, Doing three weeks from now. Yeah. So I'm hope my hope, my hope is that he kind of. It's like a baseball. You know, it's like a guy, it's like a guy in, in, in baseball kind of going through an 0 for 30 or a, you know, a two for 20, a two for 45. You know, you're going through a slump. You know, you kind of hope that he kind of hits his way out of it eventually. And I think he will. He's too talented. He's too dominant. You know, you know this guy. This guy's a limit for that kid. He's he's just so athletic. He's so talented. I mean, you know. So yeah, but he's gone. <laughs> he is gone. He is not making permanent residence uh, in, in Durham. Okay. And another team you brought up early was uh, Gonzaga. Oh, Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Chet. Chet. Yeah. Chet's gone, man. All these, <laughs> all these high upside guys. Pretty much gone, bro. Like it's just like it's just it's just you know. I mean, I, I'm actually shocked when some guys decide to retire. Like 
it rarely happens now. And again, I get it. This is not a this is not me bashing their ability or their 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 right to go to the league or whatever. This is we could have a separate podcast about that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, as far as just them doing it, yeah, I think he's gone too. And Chet's Chet's kind of had an interesting year too. I haven't watched. Admittedly, I haven't watched every single Gonzaga game, so I haven't watched them from a game to game perspective. Um, but he's had some great moments and he's had some struggles um, as well. So he hasn't been, you know, a complete slam dunk like, oh, yeah, he's just walked in and just dominated from day one. He's had his moments. Um, but again, the upside is there with him, you know, and some people believe he's got more upside than um, Banchero, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, he's seven foot. Obviously, he's going to grow into his body, that sort of thing, you know. So there, a lot of people feel like his potential is even, you know, higher than, you know, Banchero or even an Imani Bates. Um, so we'll see. You know, obviously, a lot of people get paid to pronosticate these things. Uh, <laughs> a lot of times they get, them, they get them, a lot of times they get them wrong. Sometimes they get yeah. them right. So we'll see. But yeah, he's gone too. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Like you said, between them two individuals for sure, the teams, and just seeing what they're gonna do in the tournament and the next level, because we will be watching for sure. The, the biggest issue I have with Gonzaga for folks that are wondering is I do, I don't like their depth. Um, I don't like their depth and I think Duke exposed that in the game they played um, on Black Friday whereas if you get Timmy in trouble because Timmy's their best player if he gets in trouble trying to guard a Bancaro or trying to guard a, you know a Jalen Ivey for Purdue or somebody yeah, like that yeah. I, I think they're you know I think they're in deep trouble you know because I don't know I don't know they don't I think that's what's hurt them a lot over the last few years it's just their lack of depth um, you know, they, they, they go five, six deep, maybe <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Um, and listen, depth can be one of those things where, you know, sometimes it's a good thing, lack of depth, because you're just playing your five, six core guys and you have a good rotation with those kind of guys. And then sometimes not having that depth can be a detriment. So, um, it just depends, right? We've seen teams with little depth win. Yeah. And we've seen teams with, with little depth not win, right? So it, it just depends. It, it's... That's what I love about college basketball, man. It's, it's just, it's you know, there's so many different ways to win, right? There's so many different ways. We've seen teams win with guard play. We've seen teams with, you know, with a big man we're in. We've seen teams with a collection of both. You know, we've seen teams that have a lot of depth win. We've seen teams with no depth win. So it, it, it just depends, man. It just depends on, yeah, there's a lot of ways to cook that stew. As we talk about a lot of ways and how things can go. MLB, Major League Baseball, man. Spring training. Oh, boy. <laughs> come on. Come on, man. I, I know. Oh, man, this is a man. perfect opportunity for oh. you to bless me and the audience, man, because you have a good sense and understanding of Major League Baseball. Spring training. Right. Well, it's my number one sport. It's, the, it's my first love. Come on. I, like to say. I um, got you. Yeah, man. It's this. It's disappointing. Look, listen. It's it's. it's I come at this from a lot of different perspectives. Obviously, I'm a fan, so I want to see these guys playing. I want to I want to see spring training start, <clears throat> just from a symbolic reason, right? The Super Bowl ends. You're in the you're in the dog days of winter. You know the thing that kind of hypes you up is right, spring's right around the corner. I you know baseball's around. You know right right around the corner. You can start thinking about summer and and all those things, right? So and then of course the fact that you're not going to have that, or at least that's going to be delayed some, that, that hurts my feelings immensely. Um, so obviously as a fan i'm thinking like yo i don't care what happens just get on get back on the baseball diamond and play but then i also think about it i'm a you know huge political fan as you know i I look at these things from a from a human element as well 
And I get it, man. I think the players are just fed up. They're fed up that they're not getting their piece of the pie. Um, you got a lot of billionaires that are sitting there and are screwing these dudes, man. And for a lot of people that, you know, because I think as fans, we just think of the bottom line. We just want them to play. We don't care about the minutia. We don't care about the. And then I always hate when people say like, oh, you're not millionaires, battling billionaires. And it's like, how many of those guys are your Max Scherzers? How many of, your, of those guys are your Mike Trout? Right. You got like 15, 20 of those guys. And then you got 800 other ones between the major leagues and minor leagues. Yes. That are fighting for their piece of the pie. You know what I'm saying? For every Max Scherzer that's making 43 million a season, there's some minor leaguer barely making, you know, 65k. Or you know, forget if you don't even want to include the minor leagues, some major leaguer that's barely pulling in 100k. Now, 100k yeah. for me and you is a lot. Yeah. But when you look at <laughs> everything is relative. Right? Everything yeah. is relative. When you look at baseball, which is a four or five billion dollar industry, and you got guys barely making 100k, you know, it's it, there's a problem there. There's a problem there. Um, so listen, I get it. Listen, if you're a fan and you're listening to this, you probably don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? My, my, excuse my French. You probably don't care, right? Like you just want these guys to go out there and play. Um, and I agree with them. I agree. Like you just want them to figure it out. You don't care about service time manipulation. You don't care about all of the minutia that go, that is that is being talked about at these negotiation tables. You just want your favorite major leaguers to go out there and play. So I understand that, but. I think if you if you th- if you if you peel the curtain back a little bit and and look at what the actual issues are being discussed, I think that you would understand that you get a better understanding of it. Um, you know, so it, listen, it's a, it's a multi-layered issue. Um, there is no right or wrong answers in a sense of, you know, well the owners are right. Like I hate people that are like defend owners. Like mm-hmm. these are billionaires. Like we're def- Listen, have, have we not learned in society that? <laughs> <laughs> that billionaires are not exactly a good thing or not or not all of them but you know i mean a right. lot of these billionaires man they make their money by screwing over the little guy right so I, I i don't understand that listen the players have the moral argument you know for those that are not been paying attention players just want their cut to pie salaries for players uh, you know over the age of 32 has gone down drastically over the last right. five years i think that's been a big thing and then the, the, the biggest thing for the players is they want to see the they want to see teams compete you know, they want to know that your Pirates and your, you know, Marlins of the world are competing, right? Because there's too much of that. Like, you know, before Tanky became in vogue in the other sports, baseball was doing it as a as a science, right? Because a lot of baseball teams are like, well, why am I going to beat my head against the wall? You know, if I'm the Pittsburgh Pirates. So a little bit of, little bit of background, right? So there's no salary cap in baseball. So there's no revenue sharing, right? So like the other sports, you notice how the Spurs can compete with the Lakers, or the Bengals can compete with the with the Cowboys because we have a salary cap structure where teams are reined in as far as how much they can spend, how much, you know, so everybody gets a cut in that pie. TV Baseball doesn't have that. So it's literally the Yankees make more money than the Pirates. You know, the Dodgers make more money than, you know, the Oakland A's. So that's, that's the issue that the owners have been fighting forever. They want a salary cap. They want a little bit more of a, that reined-in system where everybody competes on an even playing field. And the players are like, no. <laughs> like, the issue isn't having a salary cap. The issue is everybody competing at the same level, which you can you can have your debates about that as far as... Oh, you know, absolutely. I, 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 have my opinion. I have my opinions on that. Like, I hate when, when these small market owners say, well, you know, what, how do you expect the Pittsburgh Pirates to compete with the Dodgers? I'm like, no one is saying you have to go out there and spend 250 million, right? The Pirates can spend 100 million and compete. 
that I've, I've like this argument that like oh well how are we gonna po- how can we possibly compete no no one is saying you have to you have to be you know the Dodgers or the Yankees as far as competing that, okay. that's a that's a complete fallacy don't buy into that but so they use that as an excuse to say well you know what let's not spend let's just spend 40 million and lose 100 games and just keep recouping draft capital that's not that's not a proper way to run a sports organization that's just not and i think the players are finally fed up with that like yo what are you doing like that's that's a big stickler for them right then the biggest stickler for them was also like they finally get a chance to be free agents and then you get a draft pick assigned to you so essentially you're you're limiting my you're 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 limiting how much i can make and, and how many teams can be involved in the free agent process because a lot of teams that have first round picks don't want to lose their first round picks by signing you so you know they're playing the system in that regard right the biggest thing for the players also is like okay so i can't make money at the age of 32 or 34 or 35 which to a point you understand because a guy at 34 has been diminished compared to a guy at 24. Mm-hmm. but then the issue is you're not paying me when i'm young either <laughs> so you're screwing me when i'm 21 and you're screwing me when i'm 31. so it's like what mm-hmm. you know we have to find a fine balance so I, listen, I, I'm with the players. I, I don't know if you guys have deduced that by now. I'm with the players, but I also get it. Like, yo, we got to sit down and we got to figure this out. I would say, I think the players have won a lot of concessions in this negotiation so far. Obviously, they haven't moved a lot on the big issues, and I think that's what the that's what the big sticking point is now. You know, the owners will make a concession here. The owners will make a little bit of you know. I think from the players' perspective, they feel like, yeah, we're winning, but it's only incremental gains, right? Like it's only small changes here, small incremental gains here. Um, the one thing I will say with with the players is, you know, these things take time. Like you don't change a system in one collective bargaining agreement. You don't change the system. Like, all right, that's it, that's it. We're done. We're we're, we're reversing a hundred years of improper practices, you know, with one collective bar. No, that's it. That takes years of collective bargaining and, and and changing that pendulum, right? So you're not gonna do it in just one full swing. So I hope they realize that. Like, you're not just gonna change everything in one fell swoop. Um, so I hope that's the one criticism that I have of the players that I think that, that you know, they gotta really understand that. Like, you start off by incremental changes and then you start working on the bigger stuff. I do think that they need one more kind of big win. Um, and I, I don't know where that's gonna come from, I think from that perspective, I think it'll probably be. Uh, I think it'll probably be the the salary uh, the, the salary tax or whatever, because there is a pseudo salary cap in baseball. I know I said that earlier. That there isn't, so there isn't a, a salary cap as you and I or any of the sports fans like the NFL. But what that is is called the luxury tax. So the luxury tax acts as essentially a salary cap. So I think if the Dodgers go over a certain point, they're taxed, you know, fifty cent on the dollar, right? So the players want that to be widened because it's like okay well you're limiting their view of it is like you're you're basically limiting how much i can make because if teams can only spend a certain amount Mm -hmm. you are limiting what they can make and there's a lot of people that have been critics of salary caps in other sports right because it's like well why should why should the league tell lebron that you can only make 50 million when you could argue that lebron's value is 150 million that is a valid that is a valid point right so I, I think that that's the big sticking point 
service time manipulation, you know, dr you know, international spending money. I mean, I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to bore the audience with all that stuff. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, there's a lot of that in right now. You're giving out some game, man, that a lot of people don't even talk about or yeah, in detail. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's just, it, listen, I think that, I think sometimes as athletes, I, I think sometimes as fans, we, we don't really focus on, especially with labor negotiations, right? Because it gets, it gets, really in the weeds and stuff and if you're a casual fan you may not know like what is service time manipulation what is this what is that you know what i mean what is that like i don't care what is like just play yeah. you know what i mean so but i think that when you kind of step away from the fandom for a second and kind of actually sit down with these two sides are arguing about and from the owner's perspective they're like well what what's the problem you know, we're making money you guys are making money you know before before the lockout you know we had a bunch of guys signed for 150 million plus you know what i mean you know Carlos Correa is probably going to get, you know, 350 million. You know what I mean? You know, Corey Seager got a 325 million. You know, like, so they're, from their perspective, it's like, oh, everything is great. Because, of course, the collective bargaining is in their favor. They've won the last collective bargaining agreement. So, you know, it is what it is, man. As a fan, I, I do want to see baseball. I hope they get a deal done in the next two days. I'm not confident in it. Mm. Um, and if it doesn't get done in the next two days, I honestly don't know when because mm. and the other thing you gotta like the other thing like people have to realize too is like as owners I think they don't want a deal to be done too because A they're negotiating in bad faith number one and number two if they miss some games in April owners don't make any money in April like they don't make any money in April like if, if, if you watch most major league games in, in April right the stands are half empty right because it's cold kids are still in school <laughs> nobody's coming out like in new york you're not coming out on tuesday night to watch match marlins and it's 40 degrees outside you know what i mean so the owners don't make any money in april the owners make all of their money owners across all sports they make all their money in the postseason right later the later the season goes and into the postseason that's when they make all their money and in the postseason they don't have to share that money with the players so they get all the money from tv from concessions, from opening the parking lots, all that. They don't share that money with the players at all. The players get paid, and the players don't get paid in spring training too. So that's the other thing. So players get paid starting March 31st or April 1st, regular season. They get paid for 162 games, right? And then they get a bonus for the postseason. So in both respects, it's not like they're, they, I feel like they both don't feel like they have pressure to make a deal anytime soon gotcha. if it's not tomorrow. You know what I mean? Because like, well, the owners were like, oh, we don't make any money in April anyway, so we could drag this thing out however long. And, you know, that's a that's that's a that's a foolhardy approach, I would say yeah. that. Because I think they're gonna hurt the sport yeah. by doing that. But I think the owners feel like, ah, right, well, listen, if we miss two months of the season, you know, you know, we make our money back in the postseason anyway. Right? And the players are like, Well, we don't get paid in spring training anyway, so you know, what the hell is the difference? But Listen, I hope that cooler has prevailed. I hope that there's somebody in there that like, yo, let's just let's take let's take the wins we got and then come back to the negotiation table in five, six years. Like this isn't by any means like, okay, we're planting our flag that we won. No, this is a long process and we're in this for a long time. Hopefully that happens. I don't see it. Gotcha, gotcha. Now I got that one fan, Manny, like, well, our team, not the Dodgers, the Nationals, we 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 on the bottom. So if they don't make the postseason, we screwed. <laughs> but, but the other aspect of that too is like, but the other aspect of that too, and I understand it, right? It's easy for me to say as a Met fan or as a big market fan, right? Like, oh, just go ahead and spend a hundred million. But I think if you if you talk to small market fans, 
they don't buy into the BS the owners speak. Like they know, like it's all BS. Like, like these owners are cheap, bro. They're not spending the money. Like you mean to tell me, oh, well, we don't make as much money. You mean to tell me, and I use the pirates as an example because the pirates have been horrible my entire existence, right? In life, <laughs> they've been terrible outside of the early '90s when they had bonds, and then yeah, a few years in the, in the aughts yeah. when you know they had McCutcheon in his prime or whatever. They've been terrible, right? So, you know, but the problem with the pirates have been it's like, well. The issue isn't that you you can't compete with the Dodgers. It's that you're not putting the money into the organization, into the franchise as we speak, right? Because if you're the Pirates, bro, you mean to tell me you're not going to make money if you don't put a competitive product on the field and the fans feel like, hey, we have a legitimate opportunity to win? You don't mean to tell me you're not going to, you know, you're not going to see people put pack in that stadium. They have one of the most beautiful ballparks in the sport. Fans are going to come. People are going to be excited. Merchandise is going to be, you know, selling like concession, everything. Like, so don't give me this idea that you can't compete with the Dodgers. No one. I don't think there's a Pirates fan out there that is asking you, oh, go out there and sign guys for 300 million. Go out there and put 250 million dollars in the payroll. I think everybody understands the, the, the financial limitations that you have. But that doesn't mean you can't spend 80 million, that you can't spend 100 million. So it's BS. It's BS. And it's always been BS. So I think fans understand that. But I also think fans just want to play baseball, right? So, or want to see baseball. Right. So I, it's it's a tough dilemma, man. Um, it's really a tough dilemma, and I, I I I really just hope that they these two sides come to some sort of agreement and understand, like, yo. And the other aspect of this too that I think they're underestimating is like, yo, this country's in a bad place right now. You know, the economy is in the toilet. You know, we, I don't even want to say we just got out of a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, we've lost 700,000 lives. I've lost count of the number, sadly, but we've lost something like 700,000 people for, for COVID. You know, we got, you know, 30 million people unemployed. You know, you got a homelessness crisis. You've got, uh, you know, racial inequality that's still going on to this day, sadly. You know, I mean, we've got so many issues going on in this country right now. You know, we got a war across half of way across the world that directly involves us because of our own dealings. Like, so this country's not in a good place right now. And, I, you know, and I understand people are looking at it like, yo, I just lost my business. You know, I owned a bit. I can't tell you how many business owners I knew that lost their businesses because of COVID. You know, they just never recovered. Right. And you got a small business owner that's like, hold on now, I'm barely trying to make it. And I'm hearing guys arguing about service manipulation and how much is in a 25, if it's 25 million or 60 million or if it's 75, like that rubs people the wrong way. And I get it. Yeah, I get it. That's good, man. Hey, y'all, Manny Brown on the other end. I, I love the details. I, I love the detail-orientedness of, 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 of things that you are delivering, man, because I'm being honest. From my years and just podcasting alone and collaborating with different people in quote-unquote media, like you said, it's the same. But now you giving out some things that people should know. The average fan don't either pay attention to or they just don't know. And for me, because I am analytical And here, why not sports We talk about the good, bad And the ugly of sports And how it impacts your everyday life You're a working man You pay taxes That's perfect yeah. for that. It's the same principle for me So I get it I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it You know, On this end for sure So Yeah, and we listen, we all have a job We all like, this happens in our everyday lives Like I'm in a, I'm in a union 
right? Like, so we have to sit down in the negotiation table every two, three years, right? And sit down and do class and comp and compensation. Like, are you getting properly compensated for your position per the market? You know, all these things. Like, so it's like, it involves us too, just at a much smaller level, right? you right. know? But these things get negotiated and, and, and listen, I, I get it. And listen, I understand that the, there's a casual fan out there that doesn't care about any of this stuff. They just want to see baseball. They just want to see basketball. They just want to see football. And I understand that. And I and I get that. And I do. So I think there's that element. And I, and I, and I don't knock a fan for saying, listen, I don't care what the issues are arguing. I just want see my team <laughs> no doubt about right. it I, I, I get that. I, yeah. I sympathize with that you know what I mean and at the end of the day at the, bo- the bottom line is that's all that does matter is going out there and playing the sport but I think that just to but I think if you kind of step back a little bit and look at the issues here I think that there is a valid argument on the player side that like yo this is this is this is BS the system that we're working in is BS and I think you could sympathize a little bit with that um, obviously, that's not going to make anybody feel better right. <laughs> if, if, base, if baseball season is delayed. Um, it's not going to make anybody feel better. I also think people are a little bit hyperbolic. I'm never going to watch the sport again if they miss 30. You, you'll be back. Shut up. You, for sure. You don't watch Entertainment something for 60 years your whole life. And then all of a sudden, because of a labor strike or a labor negotiation, you're not watching. There'll be some. There'll be some. But the majority of people will be back. <laughs> I, you know how many times I've heard, oh, I'm not watching the NBA after this lockout. They, blah, 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 blah. They're back. The I'm NFL. not watching the NFL after this <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember when people didn't watch it? We're, we're going to go on strike, not watch the NFL because of the whole yeah. Kaepernick thing? Again, that's a different, that's a different, you know, obviously that's a different situation. You was back week one, ready to go, put your fans <laughs> You know, and listen, I killed the NFL for the Kaepernick thing. I killed the NFL for all the racial injustices thing. Listen, I watched the NFL and I hold my nose because I know they ain't. Right? Right, but right, right. At the end of the day, like, listen, it's sports. You're going to watch it. You loved it. A lot of us grew up with it. A lot of us played it growing up. It's, it's a fabric of our lives. It's a fabric of who we are. And yes, you'll be pissed off. You'll be mad. You'll talk your mess on Twitter or whatever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, spring training starts. Baseball, you know, we'll all be wrapped up in it. Yeah. So don't believe these fans that'll tell you, oh, I'm never coming back to <laughs> Lies. That's Lies. good. No, that's good. not to say it's not going to hurt the sport. Yeah, because oh, I absolutely. Think anytime you have labor negotiation issues, I think anytime you have a strike, anytime you have these kind of long battles when it comes to collective bargains, I think it does hurt the sport. I think it does hurt the morale. So yeah, will you see low attendances at the baseball? Like let's say the baseball season starts June, right? That'll be catastrophic. But let's say it starts then, right? Like, will you have some low attendances? Yeah. Will you have some fans that are pissed off? Absolutely. So I'm not trying to poo-poo that. Mm-hmm. But I think over time that'll heal, that'll dissipate a little bit, you know. You know, that sort of thing. And you brought up something earlier. I wanted to add. You had up something earlier about like the small market team and the competitive issue or whatever. Part of the competitive issue has been the low number of teams that make the playoffs. So baseball, out of all the major sports, out of the four major sports, have the least amount of teams that make the playoffs, right? So the NBA has 16 out of 30 teams that, that make the playoffs, right? The NFL, it's changed now. So they make. They, I think they have 14 teams out of 32 now with the two with the seven seeds, right? They they um, they have fourteen teams that make out of the fourteen out of thirty two. Baseball they have the three division winners and two wild cards. That's six teams out of thirty in each. You know, at, at, you know, so that's twelve teams that make the playoffs in baseball. Twelve teams out of thirty out of thirty teams. You know, so that's the smallest number of teams. So obviously they're actually they're talking about expanding the playoffs to fourteen yep. uh, teams, right? Um, so. You know, when you have that, that's going to provide more opportunities for other teams around the league. So now if you're the Pirates 
and you're sitting there and you're you're in, you're right before the trade deadline and you're you know 55 and 56 and you know you have an opportunity to make the playoffs because it's you know 14 teams that make the playoffs now you're gonna go at it a little bit harder you're gonna have that opportunity to go out and that's the thing about baseball man you get in you get hot you can win yeah we've seen it year after mm -hmm. year after year so when people bring up the competitive balance or the competitive argument, it's like, well, the, uh, the other aspect of this they are trying to fix is adding more playoff teams, right? Because when you add more playoff teams, you get more cities involved, you get more franchises involved. Everybody feels like they have an opportunity. When you have three division winners and one wild card or three division winners and two wild cards, you know, that limits mm -hmm. your ability to compete in a sense because, you know, it's like if you're the Pirates, I keep using them as an example, but I'll pull it. You're like, the Pirates. <laughs> Like yeah, Pirates man, y'all killing us like now. Um, you know, I'll use a different example. If you're the Marlins, right, and you're like, yo, I want to spend 75, 80 million, but what is that really gonna get me if I'm not gonna make the postseason? That's the argument the owners make. I'm gonna spend 75 million dollars and barely win 80 games. What's the point? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's not a great argument though. I don't think. Because you should always try to compete. You should always try to put the best product on the field, no matter what. Hey, world, Manny Brown, look him up, look him up, look him up. Well, well, brother, <laughs> I appreciate you, man. This uh, another banger, another hey, episode closer to five hundred. And yeah, you man, brought I appreciate it, man. you for having like, me on. Yeah. As always, been I'm such a big fan of your of, of your show, what you do, always been. Appreciate um, that. I'm glad to call you a podcast brother. Yes, sir. So uh, you know, yes, sir. We got it. We got it. We got to support. You got to support us most, most importantly, right? So yeah, man. I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. No Thank problem, you. man. And I'm humbled by that as well. And don't be surprised. I hit you back with a panel of some more uh, great. Oh, I'll be back. We ain't talked about the NBA. Right. 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 Like, bro, we got. I still got a couple more bullets to fire off, man. I already know And that's the beauty of it and, and that's one thing I will say Like you said As a brother Podcast brother Podcast peer That it's a lot of things We can hit on But at the same time We got things to do The yeah. kids like, like yo what up I need that coaching pops I need that technique I gotta yeah, work yeah, on For the yeah, yeah. for the playoffs Or right, I just right. need daddy time <laughs> As baby girl Like hey I need my dad Hey listen so. My kids are at church With grandma and granddad today, <laughs> So I am enjoying This quiet time I'm about to sit on that couch Right now And take a nap Yes. Well deserved nap. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Enjoy absolutely. It. Yes, sir. You will definitely be back, brother. Appreciate you, though. Oh, for real. Likewise, yeah. man. It, it, it's definitely mutual. And uh, just let the world know how they can find you, man, on social media. And uh, Well, um, if you, you guys are watching the StreamYard link, uh, it's at Manuel Brown on Twitter. Um, obviously, if you're just listening to the podcast, man, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Manuel Brown. Uh, Manuel Brown is my full name, Manuel Brown. Um, and I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Manuel Brown. And then, of, of course, I host a couple. I do a lot of things in this podcasting game, man. Uh, my main shows are Any Given Sunday. Uh, Any Given Sunday, just like the movie, Any Given Sunday. And we talk about sports and politics. It's a, it's a good mix of both. And uh, we're a, bit, a little bit of a hiatus, but we'll be back soon. Really, really soon. So stay with us, man. If you want to follow the show and listen to past episodes, we're on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio. I mean, we're everywhere where you can find a podcast. So Any Given Sunday. Um, look us up and then you can follow the show on Twitter AGS pod any given any AGS podcast on on Instagram and then I host uh, I uh, collaborate with the fellows of dead end hip-hop they do a dead end sports show so I 
collaborate on there as well from time to time. I'm the voice of reason. So Dead End Sports on Twitter <laughs> at Dead End Sports, uh, at Dead End Sports on Instagram, and then of course you can follow that podcast. We do a live stream on YouTube each and every week, Tuesday and Thursday. 9 30 eastern time uh so go support that go like and subscribe on youtube go support the podcast as well that podcast is available everywhere i do a wrestling podcast i do some work for mlbbro.com as well so go check those things out uh yeah man but you'll get all the information if you just follow me on twitter at the manual brown well now you see why i'm very thankful and grateful for this brother in particular like he said family man works dealing with the union making sure he's the voice of reason Thank you, man. <laughs> and multiple shows have what he either hosting, contributing, just just doing this thing, saturating the content, man, world. And, and again, appreciate you, brother. And for me, world. First time listeners, thank you for tuning in to Avid Listeners. What up, what up, what up? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Murph. Find Why Not Sports on Instagram at Why Not Sports underscore. Check out my website, hit me up, leave a note, see what I've been up to at www.demurfspeaks.com. Be on the lookout for Manny, be on the lookout for obviously yours truly, and more heat to come. But y'all already know how I close the show. You know what? No, no, hold on. Manny loves y'all. I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of things going on in this world. We here to spread not only love, but some dope content. So now, on that note, Until next time, keep grinding. Keep the faith. Yes.